0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: No, no.
0: Do it baby.
1: never forget the first time I smoked weed. It was 10 years ago in Jonesboro, Georgia and I was a freshman in high school. Every high school in my city had at least a few kids that sold weed you know and shortly after making friends with one of the kids in my class I found out that he was a weed dealer. So I told my friend Antonio that I had found a plug or a connection on some weed and he told me that we could smoke at his house on the weekend. So I bought some weed and cigarillos and I waited anxiously for the weekend to arrive. Now Antonio lived close by, like maybe 10 minutes away from me. So on Saturday night, my mom took me to his house where Antonio and two other friends were waiting for me to show up with the goods. And we didn't waste any time. We rolled up the weed and set it on fire. I took my first hit of the blunt. And I coughed so much that I thought my lungs were going to come out of my body through my mouth. Just imagine that for a second. And I sat down. I tried to control myself. And once I managed to stop coughing and get some oxygen back into my body, I felt like I was floating. Like a cloud, you know, just. That's what it felt like. I had never felt such euphoria, such bliss. And believe it or not, it was at that moment that I knew I loved smoking weed. And ever since that moment, Mary Jane and I have been very good friends. Who is Mary Jane? She's who Rick James was singing about in the intro. She's been the subject of so many songs over the years. She's the marvelous marijuana plant. Now, like most people I had always heard about weed when listening to hip-hop and reggae music and the curiosity about the plant mixed with the opportunity to give it a try was all I needed to take that first puff of the sticky green stuff, you know? So why is it that so many people are so hesitant to do the same thing? Why do so many refuse to smoke weed, but they'll start smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol before they turn 18? And even if they never do those things, Cigarettes and alcohol are still completely acceptable drugs in most societies. So in this episode, I'd like to tell you the story of weed in the United States of America. Why has weed been illegal for so many years? Why is it seen as such a dangerous drug? What do Americans think about weed in 2020? These are all questions that I plan to answer in the next 20 to 30 minutes. All right. So get ready, folks. This should be an interesting episode. So hemp, which is the same thing as cannabis or marijuana, it's just the non-psychoactive fibers of the marijuana plant. This plant was grown across the country from 1600 to 1800. Farmers were given incentives to grow the plant, just like they're given incentives to grow corn today. The hemp plant was used to create things like rope, paper, clothing, and many other products. Thomas Jefferson even had weed plants, and he smoked them. You see what I'm saying? According to PBS, it was even used as legal tender or money in Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Maryland around that time. During the 1800s, cannabis, or marijuana, had become a quite popular medicinal ingredient. Cannabis was found in many tinctures and a tincture is just medicine made by dissolving a drug in alcohol. In 1906, the U.S. Congress enacted the Federal Food and Drugs Act. Now, this required pharmacies to label these over-the-counter drugs to let people know that they contained cannabis, cocaine, and even heroin. Yes, many medicines at the time contained cannabis or weed, cocaine, and fucking heroin. Now, all three of these drugs were still legal at the time, though. It was around 1910 that the Mexican Revolution was starting to get crazy, and many Mexican immigrants fled or ran to the United States to escape the conflict. Just like many Americans at the time, Mexicans also had the habit of using cannabis, just in a different way. They didn't just use it for medicine the Mexicans would smoke the cannabis as well. And they didn't call it cannabis. They called it marijuana. The idea of smoking cannabis was a new idea for white Americans at the time. Even the term marijuana was new for them. You see? Now, the southern U.S. states that were receiving the majority of these Mexican immigrants didn't like so many brown people occupying their land. So what did they do? they played the political game. Newspapers started printing headlines that talked about the Mexican menace or the marijuana menace. They claimed that Mexican men were going crazy and killing people because they were smoking marijuana. El Paso, Texas, a city that is literally divided in half by the U.S.-Mexico border. On one side of the border is El Paso, Texas. On the other side, of the border, which is Mexico, is Ciudad Juarez, but it's really one big city. It's just cut in half by the border. Anyway, El Paso, Texas, was the first city to ban marijuana in 1915. Now, this gave police officers a reason to stop, search, and detain Mexican immigrants who possessed and smoked marijuana and have them deported back to Mexico. And just a little over 20 years later, the anti-marijuana film, Reefer Madness, was released. And just so you know, reefer is a really old word for marijuana. So, you know, my grandparents might say, oh, you've been smoking that reefer. What they mean is you've been smoking weed, smoking marijuana. But anyway, back to the point. The anti-marijuana film, Reefer Madness, was released in 1936. Now, If you don't believe in the media's ability to influence culture and society, consider the fact that just one year after the film was released in 1937, 46 out of the 48 United States passed laws banning marijuana use. That same year, the Marijuana Tax Act was passed, which made it illegal to have marijuana unless it was for specific medical or industrial reasons. In other words, Unless you were using it for real medicine or you were growing it to make some kind of product, you could not use, possess, grow or smoke weed. That law was eventually ruled to be unconstitutional, but it would be replaced later on. The federal government passed the Boggs Act of 1951, which required judges to give mandatory prison sentences of two to ten years and make the offenders pay a $20,000 fine just for possessing weed. The Narcotics Control Act of 1956 increased the penalties that were created by the Boggs Act and also introduced the death penalty for certain drug crimes. In the 1970s, former President Richard Nixon declared his War on Drugs, which targeted not just Mexican immigrants up black and brown people all over the country. Now, the war on drugs is a very deep subject that deserves its own episode, so I won't go into too much detail right now. I just wanted to give you a timeline to follow, you see? Now, the Controlled Substance Act of 1970 initiated the scheduling or categorization of drugs by how dangerous they were perceived to be. Marijuana was made a schedule one drug which meant it has no accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. Shit is crazy. Now, in 1972, Nixon created the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, or for all you Narcos fans out there, La DEA. It's a United States federal law enforcement agency whose responsibility is combating drug trafficking and distribution within the United States. Now, the way the federal government punishes marijuana crimes was actually inspired by the Rockefeller drug laws created by former New York Governor Nelson Rockefeller in 1973. Now, what exactly are the Rockefeller laws? They're laws dealing with the possession and sale of illegal narcotics or drugs. For example, a mandatory sentence of 15 years in prison for possessing or selling two or more ounces of marijuana, cocaine, heroin, or any other Schedule One substance. These laws, however, only applied to the state of New York. And apparently, Rockefeller wanted to run for president, and he knew the only way to do that was to be, quote-unquote, tough on crime. The American public didn't want a liberal president at the time. And you can thank Richard Nixon for that. <laughs> Now again, I'll go deeper into things like this in another episode. Now in the 1980s, former President Ronald Reagan borrowed from the Rockefeller laws and created similar mandatory sentences at the federal level and started pursuing drug users even more viciously. Reagan is almost solely or almost 100% responsible for the fact that the U.S. prison population rose from 150 people out of every 100,000 to 700 people out of every 100,000. I highly suggest that you watch the documentary 13th, a film about how the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution was systematically abused to put more black and brown people in jail and more money in the pockets of the U.S. government and private corporations. The motivations for drug prohibition were originally aimed at the Mexican population, But now, people of all ethnicities have suffered from harsh and unreasonable drug laws. However, the black and brown communities are still disproportionately affected by these laws. So thank you, Ronald Reagan. Now, fast forward to 1996, and California became the first state to approve the use of marijuana for medicinal purposes. Ending its 59 year reputation as a dangerous substance with no medicinal value. What most people don't know, however, is that prior to 1937, cannabis had a 5,000 year history as a therapeutic remedy across many different cultures. So, in this context, its 90 year reputation as a harmful drug can't compare to the five millennia as a valued healing agent. You see? Cannabis oil, for example, is proven to cure anxiety and reduce the effects of depression. Cannabidiol, or CBD, a substance in marijuana, does not cause a euphoric effect when taken. In other words, it's the non-psychoactive part of the marijuana plant. And it serves as a good medical alternative because of its long list of positive effects on your health. It's even being administered to children with epilepsy to reduce the amount of seizures they have. Thousands of years ago, royal queens would consume cannabis to deal with menstrual cramps. If you don't believe me, please do some research on the subject. And ladies, if you don't believe me, smoke some weed. Next time you're on your period, you're feeling cramps, hit the blunt. See what happens. All right. Now, there are still many people that oppose the idea of legalizing recreational marijuana use. They say that there's not enough evidence of its medicinal value. However, today we have many studies that prove the utility of the plant. Not only that, but studies have also shown that marijuana is no more harmful than cigarettes or alcohol. In fact, it's less harmful. So if cancer sticks and liquid poison are legal... Why can't I smoke my weed in peace? Now that 33 states plus Washington, D.C. have passed medical marijuana laws, people are starting to ask themselves if this little green plant is really something to be afraid of. They're asking themselves if it's really something we should be putting people in federal prisons for, especially when they think about the racist and propagandized basis for making it illegal in the first place. Changing marijuana laws and drug laws in general is one of the first steps in dismantling the racially motivated war on drugs. Now, marijuana may be getting closer to where it was in the 1800s, with it being used as medicine and grown legally. But there's still a lot of progress to be made in terms of the justice system and federal law. So. Now that you know a little bit about the history of weed in the USA, I'd like to take a few minutes to teach you some vocabulary that you'll need when talking about or experimenting with this plant. So, what are some different names that you'll hear when people are referring to weed? Well, you already have two, actually three. You have marijuana, weed, cannabis, right? But some other ones are ganja, grass, green, trees, bud, Mary Jane, sticky, kush, fire. And fire is, when we say some weed is fire, it means it's really, really, really good, high quality, right? But if I say mid, that means it's like, low quality, it's trash weed, you know what I'm saying, mid-grade, okay, so all of these are different names that you'll hear, and they, basically, all of them mean weed, all right, I'm smoking trees, I'm smoking bud, I'm smoking grass, smoking ganja, smoking fire, I'm smoking marijuana, okay, so what do we use to smoke weed, well, you can use rolling papers, right, And a marijuana cigarette made with rolling paper is called a joint, all right? You can also use tobacco leaves. Now, a marijuana cigarette made with a tobacco leaf is called a blunt, okay? So if you rolled it with paper, it's called a joint. If you rolled it with a tobacco leaf, it's called a blunt. So you smoke a joint, you can smoke a blunt, okay? You can also use pipes, you know, just a glass or a plastic weed pipe. You can also use water pipes, which most people will call a bong. You know, normally it's a glass pipe. Sometimes it's made of plastic. And um, anyway, just Google the word B-O-N-G or look at the show notes and I provided a picture for you. Okay. another way that you can smoke weed is by using a vaporizer. Okay, this one is really interesting because it's a way to smoke weed without necessarily setting it on fire. It's this really, really interesting machine where you put the weed inside and it cooks the weed at a certain temperature so that all the THC or the psychoactive ingredient gets released from the plant and it goes into this plastic bag and you just suck the air out of the plastic bag. You know, it's a really, really healthy way to smoke weed. Now, what are some less conventional ways to smoke weed? Um, believe it or not, you can use a soda can to smoke weed. I know it sounds strange, probably to most of you, but uh, i 've seen it done before i wouldn 't recommend it though because you know it just seems really unhealthy to be using a metal a painted metal can to smoke your weed, so i wouldn 't recommend that but sometimes you know desperate times call for desperate measures, right? You can also use an apple this one I recommend. If you ever want to smoke weed, you don't have any papers or pipes or anything like that. You can grab an apple, um, and poke a few holes in it and smoke your weed that way. You turn your apple into a pipe and you can eat the apple when you're done. Extra healthy. You know, you can also use a small box to smoke weed. Now this one is really hard to explain, especially without an image, but just so you know, maybe if you Google it, you'll find, uh, Some instructions on how to smoke weed with a box. I don't know, but I've done it before. Uh, You can also use a water bottle. For example, if you don't have enough money to purchase a bong, plastic or glass, doesn't matter, you can just use a water bottle and make a bong that way. All right, and a simple Google search will uh, show you how to do that, or in the show notes, I provided an image. You can also use a gravity bong. This one is one of my favorites. All right. And again, it will be really difficult to explain how it works. You just need to see an image. So again, check out those show notes or uh, do a quick Google search for gravity bomb. All right. Now, what are some verbs that you'll use when talking about weed? Uh, The main ones are to smell your weed. Right. Which means you put the weed next to your nose and you uh, you smell your weed. Right. You smell the quality, and the type of weed that you have, right? You can also weigh your weed, W-E-I-G-H. You weigh your weed, right? Which is to check the weight, see how heavy it is, how, how, much, how much weed you have, okay? Uh, another verb that you'll use is to grind your weed, right? Because normally when you buy weed, you're buying the buds and you need to grind it down or cut it down into very small pieces so that you can roll it and smoke it, right? Which brings us to the next verb, which is roll your weed, okay? So you might hear somebody say, I'm going to roll a joint, or I'm going to roll a blunt, which means to put it in a rolling paper or a tobacco leaf, roll it up like a cigarette, and set it on fire, smoke it, you know? Or if you're not using papers or tobacco leaves, you might be using a pipe, you might say, I'm going to pack a bowl, which just means to put weed into your pipe, right? Because normally you put the weed into a bowl like um, fixture apparatus. It looks like a bowl. So you put your weed into that bowl and normally we say, I'm going to pack a bowl. All right. So how is weed sold? You might be asking. Normally weed is sold um, by grams, ounces or pounds, So when we talk about grams, the most common measurements are one gram, three and a half grams, which is an eighth of an ounce. So some people just say, I'm going to buy an eighth, which means 3.5 grams. Some people say, I'm going to buy a quarter, a quarter ounce, which is seven grams. Or you might buy a half, which is a half an ounce, 14 grams. Or you might buy an ounce, which is 28 grams. Some people call an ounce an onion. Some people call it a zip, you know, so if I say I'm going to buy a zip of weed or I'm going to buy an onion, it means I'm going to buy an ounce, 28 grams, okay? And then a pound is 16 ounces, okay? So you have grams, ounces, and pounds. Now, where is weed legal, you also might be asking yourself, because it's not legal everywhere in the United States, but it is legal in 33 states on different levels. So the places where Recreational marijuana, it's completely legal, are Alaska, California, Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Maine, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington. Now, that is at the time of this recording, okay? That probably will change in the future. Now, where is marijuana completely illegal? Alabama, Idaho, Kansas, Mississippi, Nebraska, North Carolina, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Now, all the other states that I did not mention, weed is legal, but on different levels. Some places it's legal only medicinally, right? Not recreationally. Other places, certain types of medicinal weed are legal. You see what I'm saying? So, the two categories I just gave you now. Are completely legal and completely illegal okay cool so how do you get weed you might be asking maybe you visit the states one day and you're like you know what i want to smoke me some weed what should i do where should i go who should i call well weed is actually sold at uh marijuana dispensaries which is just a fancy way of saying weed stores all right Now to go into one of these places, let's imagine you're in California or Colorado where weed is extremely legal, right? All you have to do is be 21 years or older, walk into the weed store or the dispensary and show a valid form of ID. This could be a driver's license or your passport, for example. And that's all you need. All right. That's really all you need. Just like you're going to go buy A bottle of whiskey or something like that. You walk into the liquor store, grab your bottle, show your ID, you're good to go. You know? And did you know that you can get weed delivered to your house? That's another amazing thing about weed being legal is that you can get it delivered to your house just like pizza. Sometimes it arrives even faster than the pizza does. Just call your local dispensary, tell them you'd like to place an order Uh, select your weed product, give your name and address, and in 90 minutes or less, you've got weed at your front door. It's amazing. Now, you might be asking, what about places where medicinal marijuana is legal, but not recreational, right? Well, in states like that, The only way, quote unquote, the only way you can get weed from a medical marijuana dispensary is by having a doctor's recommendation. Now, this is a piece of paper from a medical doctor that says you need to smoke weed or ingest weed because of some medical condition that you have. However, (laughs) however, let me tell you a quick story about the time I had to get a medical marijuana dispensary recommendation from my doctor. Now this was back in 2013 and uh, weed was legal in California but only for medical purposes. It wasn't just recreationally legal. You couldn't just walk into a store and buy it because you were 21. You had to have a doctor's recommendation. So I had moved from Georgia to California to go to university and the day that I arrived in California I tried to get a medical recommendation. So I'm looking through a newspaper and I just happen to see this advertisement for medical marijuana recommendations. So I look at the number, I see the address and I call them to make sure it's a real place or whatever. They say, yeah, come on down. So I drive to this place and it's like an unmarked building. There's no signs. There's nothing telling you there's a doctor in here giving people marijuana recommendations, right? So anyway, I walk into the building walk down this long hallway, and it opens up into this room, this big room, and there's like picnic tables in the middle of the room, and a few fold-out chairs, and a TV on the wall, and this is something like a waiting room in your doctor's office, except it looked like um, something out of fucking Breaking Bad, you know what I'm saying, it did not look official at all, they kind of just went to Walmart, bought some chairs and tables, and put them in the room, you see what I'm saying, the woman's desk was like a fold-out picnic table it wasn't even a desk you know what I'm saying so I walk in she knows why I'm here she hands me a sheet of paper and says fill this out right so it's a document that basically asks me my name my address my age all these things my medical history why do I need to smoke weed and I put insomnia and lack of appetite right so I hand her back the paper and she says the doctor will see you shortly I'm like okay so I sit down and I'm watching the TV and for some reason in a medical marijuana doctor's office, they're playing a documentary about how butter increases high blood pressure. Why? I have no fucking idea. But that's what's on. T- that's what was on TV. I remember that. And then two minutes later, the doctor comes out and he looks like what most people imagine Jesus Christ looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like old, tan skin long white hair down to his shoulders, and he moved very, very slowly, and he talked like this. He said, please, come into the office. (laughs) So I go into the office, his little doctor's office, which was, you know, again, just randomly put together with random pieces. They had like a real doctor's office bed and a counter with medical devices on it, and the doctor's kind of talking to me, and really the only thing he said was, You know, when ingesting marijuana, I recommend that you don't smoke the weed, but you ingest the weed. It's much healthier for you and your lungs. So basically, the only thing he told me was if you're going to consume weed, you should eat it. Don't smoke it because it's healthier for you. And for some reason, this guy checked my fucking reflexes. You know, when the doctor takes the little hammer and he hits your kneecap and boom, your leg kind of involuntary kicks. He did that. He took my blood pressure, and then he he left the room. That was it. Ten minutes later, I had a piece of paper and an ID card saying that I need to smoke weed for medicinal purposes. That's all you gotta do to get a medical marijuana recommendation. Go into the doctor's office, get your blood pressure checked, get your reflexes checked, sign a few papers, and bam. I think I paid like $60 And every year you have to renew the recommendation for 60 more dollars. So it's just like a little business, a little bullshit business. You don't need to have some kind of medical condition. Some people do. Don't get me wrong. It's not all a sham. It's not all fake. But me personally, I had absolutely nothing wrong with me. And I got a doctor. I don't even know if he was a fucking doctor. I got him to say that Tony needs to smoke the ganja. All right. So even if you go to a place where it's only legal medicinally, you still might be able to get a recommendation, my friend. Talk to people. Make some connections. You never know. All right? Now, where can you smoke? You might be asking yourself that as well. Well, in the states where weed is completely legal, it's typically treated like alcohol. It's legal to possess it, but you can't smoke it in public, theoretically. Right? You must consume the weed in a private place like your house or something like that. In my experience, though, in most major cities in California, like Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, you'll see people smoking weed in the streets or at public parks, just like people smoke cigarettes and nobody says anything. So the key is to be discreet, you know? I think in the worst case scenario, you'll end up paying a fine for smoking weed in public, but I'm not totally sure about that. I just know in places where it's completely legal you know, people aren't really tripping about it, you know what I'm saying, like, don't don't just be walking in the street smoking weed if you don't have to, go to some discreet, secluded place, handle your business, don't be an asshole, but normally, you know, you go to most major cities where weed is legal, you're gonna smell weed at some point in a public place, so I wouldn't worry too much about it, but just use discretion, all right? Cool. Well, that's all my notes that I got for this episode, y'all. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you have a better understanding of the history of weed, you know, over the past hundred years in this country. Got some new vocabulary for you. And now, you know, if you ever come to the States, how to get yourself some of that sticky green stuff, you know. Now, this episode, this episode, this episode isn't telling people, you know, go out, and smoke weed. I just wanted you to have a better understanding of the context at least in this country, all right? So hopefully you enjoyed. Now, this has been another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kaizen, and I'll talk to you later. Peace!